Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. This is Sound and Vision from KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Band of Horses got their start in Seattle in the mid-2000s. They are now out with their sixth studio album. While it's called Things Are Great, the lyrics paint a different picture. Here's what frontman Ben Bridwell says about the record's opening track called Warning Signs. Where it's just blatantly heartfelt and to the point of also outing myself for crying at work. There's a lot of heartache in these songs, including a reflection of Ben's divorce. The album also went through its own breakups of band members and producers. There are two new band members on this record, and I asked Ben about firing his first producers who worked on the record and wondered if there were certain moments that stand out while making this album where he knew he had to change course. Yeah, and fired feels a little bit harsh when it comes to... Because they they had made a record with us that was... It was fine. It was good. It wasn't exactly great. Um, but that's on me as well. Like I needed to write better songs. And I ended up writing a few that kind of rounded the album out better. Um, so I don't want to put the that onus on them. It's hard to tell your friends that you want to go in a different direction sometimes. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't care what line of work you're in. Sometimes you got to get better work done with different um, individuals. So it's kind of brutal, honestly, like having to say this isn't exactly the vision that I think we need to or the direction we need to be heading in. And I also read somewhere that you estimated that you spent around a half million dollars to make this record. Oh, and, boy. And maybe I don't know if that number is correct or not, but, you know, you're a musician. You also have a family. And I'm curious if that number is correct, hmm. um, if that's pretty common for an album like this, or if you feel like you were taking a lot of risks to make the record that you wanted to make. Yeah. Well, I think since um, we had the two records with Sub Pop to start out with, and once we moved on from Sub Pop, each subsequent record – I would fund and then just pray that some label is going to pick us up and take that financial burden off of me. And, you know, basically you lease it out to a record label for 10 years and you keep your masters if you're lucky. I've done that numerous times here and it is a gamble for sure. I would say I would have to check with the financial folks, you know, but uh, it was probably close to, 350 or four, something like that, hundred thousand dollars, if not, if not hitting the, the half a million mark. So yeah, there's a lot of financial burden there and having kids and stuff to gamble like that is dicey. Now it didn't help that the pandemic thing hit and all of a sudden it's like, well, what's, what's any band's worth at this point? Like what's a band like this long in the tooth? Like we are, what is our worth to a, a big record label that has the kind of money that might be able to pay me back. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, 
as you mentioned, I mean, you started off on Sub Pop. You've also released records with Columbia, Interscope, and now BMG. And I'm just curious, too, like working through those different labels and also just kind of working up the chain and like, you know, working with bigger labels along the way. What has that also just taught you about the music industry? Oh, my God. Well, that it's terrifying and that it's constantly changing. I swear. I mean, it really felt like a, a like a bad beat, basically, when the pandemic hit, too, where it's like, oh, God, now I've got this record that's unreleased. We don't know where we're going to land. Who wants it at all? Do people care anymore? I mean, the, the stresses of the industry, they've always been there for us because, I mean, hell, with Sub Pop even, I was like, can I get a two-record deal instead of a one-record deal? Basically giving them control because I was like, you can't get rid of us that fast. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. And if you know the industry, you know, it's like, that's not very smart, Ben. You could have had bargaining power if you just did one that went well. But I've, I've had a lack of confidence sometimes in our prospects and sometimes to a, to a fault, other times to a protective degree of how to sustain this thing going forward. Mm, yeah. And, you know, to remind folks, Band of Horses got its start in Seattle. You've since moved back to your home state of South Carolina. And I'm curious what Seattle's music scene was like in those early days when you started out. I mean, I'm sure you know the city has expanded and gotten so expensive. Um, oh, my God. And so, yeah. and so I'm just curious what those early days were like and ultimately influenced like what it is that Band of Horses does. Oh, man. Well, I started working at the Crocodile Cafe when I moved up to Seattle. I worked at the Crocodile. I was lucky to get hired. I was homeless, and they still hired me. I, I was underage at the time, honestly, and they I had a fake ID and got kind of in trouble for that. And I got to see very much what the music scene was like. I got to see all these bands. I was like just working in the dish pit before moving up to Line Cook, and um, I would just go into like – the performance space and kind of hide and watch bands sound check and stuff, you know, bands from all over the world, from, from Japan, from Italy, former stars that now have like a solo project that are like absolute, you know, like monsters to their band. I got to see how these bands interact. I think there's a poignant line on this record, a, a song called ice night we're having where it talks about laughing at the tough guy revival in Washington. And it might seem like I'm talking about political stuff in D.C., but I was actually talking about all these bands that were like wearing black and wanting to fight um, up in, in in Washington State. All of a sudden, the, at the Crocodiles, all these like they got their sleeve tattoos done in one day and they think they're tough and they want to fight and all this stuff. It was kind of hilarious to watch. So I saw a lot of that. That's so fun. I was going to ask you about that particular line. I was hoping that you're referring to Washington State. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Seattle in the first place. I mean, you said you showed up and you were homeless. Why Seattle? I was supposed to come up and see some friends in Olympia. And I had like a round trip ticket, rail ticket, like an Amtrak ticket. 
once I got that, I ended up accidentally burning down my house, getting thrown in jail, and um, having to go to court for both. So I was like, I'm just gonna make it a one trip ticket. <laughs> so uh, I made it a one trip ticket. I went to Olympia. I spent maybe a couple of days there and I was like, no way. I'm this close to the big city. I'm finally going there. So I took a bus from Olympia to Seattle and I was like, I'll find, I'll find employment. I just gotta sleep outside for a couple of weeks. Wow, and then how many years were you, did you end up in Seattle? I wanna say almost 10. Yeah. Yeah, about 10 years. And then what did that feel like to spend, to kind of start Band of Horses' career in Seattle and then move back home uh, to the Carolinas? Well, it's pretty dang weird, I can tell you that. Um, you know, and I, it was getting expensive too, where it's like we, all of a sudden we started touring. Never saw this thing happening at all, Band of Horses being a thing. So all of a sudden we're like going to Europe and stuff, touring like all the time. Like I can't afford this rent just to be here for like three days out of the month. So there was like a financial or economic impetus to be like, let's get back to something cheaper. Let's get a place with a yard. Let's get a dog. Let's be near our families and stuff. So there was that. That was Ben Bridwell of Band of Horses. Their latest album, Things Are Great, was released earlier this month. That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.